Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Keenan Bonner, and Tom Kennett returns for this piece of podcasting history. Today we'll be doing a special podcast to pay our respects to the greatest superhero film of all time, 1997's Batman and Robin. This film boasts a 3.8 rating on IMDb, a 16% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 28 out of 100 meta score. We're here to tell those people why they're wrong, or maybe tell them why, why they aren't. How is everyone doing today? Yeah, stunning. hyped after your intro. <laughs> yeah. I've been working. I think um, we, well, we usually do the final of the podcast, and the, the, the less said about that, the better, I think, um, the, the last... Uh, the, the last season went but we used to do the final and we do our christmas podcast on video i think yeah. that's the only time you do see me going full bruce buffer i usually have my hands waving as i get the intros going get myself yeah. a bit pumped up i'll be honest mate last last week i i couldn't have done no 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 um sean's the disgrace which um uh even if you even if you haven't just pretend you have it i did say that during the intro uh keenan can't be here uh, Sean also isn't here. I won't give the reasoning because I won't disgrace him any further, and he's disgraced himself. Nice. You'd do well to. Yeah, oh, the worst. But we'll see how the next season goes. We're getting we're getting into that next week, and uh, we'll explain a little bit more about that later on uh, as we close the show. But hopefully, if people are listening to this, then they have seen this film. It does have some. Uh, sentimental reasons i mean i must have watched this film more times than i can count when i was younger don't know why i don't know does explain a bit that well i think we've spoken about this before keen haven't we where we say like you're you're almost not to blame for whether you have or haven't seen a film in your childhood because essentially mm. at this age they've just been put in front of you yeah yeah, one hundred percent. Like, what, what are you gonna do? It's like uh, Star Wars. You were like, oh, you hate them. How have you seen them all? It's like, well, my mum yeah. didn't watch them. It, it was on. I was like five. Sit and watch Star Wars. I've seen them all. I mean, a um, limited sort of thing. You had like basically it was a video. You had maybe yeah. know, like ten videos. So mm-hmm. you're watching them on a loop. There's only so much you can see. Exactly. Yeah. It's like Small Soldiers. So Small yeah. Soldiers is probably my equivalent. It is my equivalent of this film for you. <laughs> that was phrased horrifically but what i mean is like that's the film yeah I've yeah seen. i know what you mean so like god knows how many times when i was a kid yeah well, so, like, even as a child i had better taste than you well, <laughs> i was watching small soldiers as well almost alternating um the synopsis um that's been on imd of imdb obviously since uh, 97 batman and robin tried to keep their relationship together even as they must stop Mr. Free and Poison Ivy from freezing Gotham City. Critics' reviews, I don't think I need to ask you whether you think they'll be good or bad. One of them uh, was almost looking to the future, which we'll get to. Um, So the first one, it's honestly a miracle anyone was ever willing to see a Batman movie again after this film. 
Perhaps most disheartening of all is the fact that every character in this film defies gravity, physics, and any form of logic in their clunky or obnoxiously vivid designs. Mm. Of all modern Batmans, George Clooney bears the closest physical resemblance to the comic book hero, but there isn't much to say about his performance because there isn't much performance to discuss. I've seen colonic x-rays more visually appealing than what Schumacher throws up on the screen. <laughs> and this will make more sense if you've seen the soundtrack and I guess uh, with how things have uh, gone since then. We should put Schumacher in a room with R. Kelly and make them both atone for their sins. <laughs> <sighs> so that, that was a publicised review in 1997. Um, R. Kelly, if if you've not heard it, he's got a soundtrack for this film called Gotham City, which very much sounds like, I guess, if you were to get R. Kelly to do a theme song for a superhero film, it makes no sense because it's the same kind of ballady way in which he, he does any kind of song, but he's just singing Gotham City in <laughs> what a rough place it is in, in the chorus. It's just so strange. Like, can you imagine tuning in to see Infinity War at the cinema and R. Kelly singing a hook about Thanos. It just wouldn't happen. I don't know why they did this. And that's the worst thing he's done. Incredible. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd never like to encourage anyone to uh, go away from the podcast because they might not come back, but this is probably a time if you do pause, go and listen to the track and come back. That will make a lot more sense. It, it's truly horrific. Um, the trivia then that there's quite a lot of it i've been a bit less picky with uh, than i have been previously since uh, back to the future gate um where i think i had seven pages of it but yeah there's at least Maybe a story I lost, to... I lost an hour of my life whilst you ran for a film that you really like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, hey, don't need, but... I don't need to know about martin mcfly's trainers that's all i'm saying hey it went on to win so uh, all's well that ends well Keenan must have been the guy that wrote a review on that one, on that podcast. <laughs> it's exactly what it said on SoundCloud. I lost an hour of my life listening to yeah. you talk about this film. Yeah, I'm not surprised, mate, honestly. <laughs> well, you listen, you listen weekly. Christ, mate. Like, when I'm almost falling asleep in my, he committed to in it. my bed. He, well, I say to people, he, cut I me off. He's committed to this one. And they just never did. Like, this was in the phase where Jack you and like, Sean were you doing were like a podcasts. Kid at Christmas. But you were not like a speaking. kid at Christmas, basically. This is the ha- it was the happiest I've seen you in all the time we've known each other. I, I, talking took, about I took eight minutes of silence out of that episode because I was <laughs> waiting each time for someone to say something and they just never did. You weren't Usually, waiting. Honestly, I it was. was. It, was like it was just a genuine monologue. You were just gone. <laughs> it wasn't. A, B, was, C, D. You, you covered the old alphabet and 1 to 15. I thought people would jump in and they just didn't. But anyway, anyway um, trivia for this then. The one that stood out to me the most, so we'll jump straight into that. Most of the scenes with Batgirl were cut because Alicia Silverstone had gained a few pounds during production and the wardrobe team had to refit her costume. When the press discovered the news, they slammed her weight gain and mocked the actress for being too fat to fit into her costume. Director Joel Schumacher spoke to the press on the red carpet and said, what's this girl's big sin, you ask? She likes pizza. Not quite the defence she was That's after. That's a very different time. 
obviously. Um, he since has said uh, that he said it in the tone, what's this girl's biggest crime? She likes a bit of pizza, so what? Get off her back. He definitely didn't say that. Um, <laughs> he may feel better saying that now. But also coming out of this, one of the illustrators from the costume design drew a cartoon of, I think it said Clueless 2, the casting of Batgirl. She had just come off Clueless in 95. Um, and it's her trying to squeeze into this suit and it's like exploding around her. Because the guy didn't sign it, they claimed they couldn't prove it was him and so he kept his job, which, again, a very different sign of the times. So, That's yeah, crazy. she she gets all this stick and it perhaps explains why at the end of the film, essentially out of nowhere, she's just got the Batgirl suit on, kills the main villain, and that's like that's like her done. <laughs> yeah. So you can maybe see why um, where the other scenes would have been added in. They were clearly trying to build something with the motorbike stuff and so on. Her performance yeah, was I... slated in this, and I didn't think she was one of the no. worst parts of it. I thought <laughs> she was maybe <laughs> she... one of the better ones. We'll get to the performances later. I've never known anything like it, honestly. <laughs> I've never seen anything. I've got, I've got some notes um, that we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll discuss. Uh, there's but, some good players in this team, but the team did not function. Yeah, there's, there's, that. there's no chemistry. This <laughs> no. is the equivalent of playing Harry Kane right back. <laughs> she also didn't work for two years after this film. I surprised the poor girl. They fucked her. Yeah. She got okay. asked about it. In saying like, look, like Uma Thurman, and we'll get to that. I think I've got a bit more trivia about this later. She's one of the only people that speaks positively about it. She says she had a great time. <laughs> she says she it was her did. first time on a like blockbuster film. She got to see how these things work. She enjoyed herself. Um, they asked Alicia Silverstone, Alicia Silverstone, that's a hard name to say. Um, as she has effectively said, like, what do you think? <laughs> no, no, I didn't enjoy it, strangely enough. <laughs> Um, getting fucking slaughtered nationally for putting on like half a stone like if that was the case me and you'd be fucked by what they say gained a few pounds like that that's like that was our takeaway after uh tony belly beat macabre yeah so i mean that's 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 a couple of points that's a few points of the weekend and i'll put on three pounds to be fair lads i don't know if you're getting into full-length lover afterwards if you are (laughs) Then maybe you might see a few well, pounds. You, you mean, you mean me and Keenan can't be Batman and Robin? Um, I would happily see that, but uh, I'm not sure if everyone would agree. Do you think it's a do you think it's a worse film if we do that? Boy, you and I. <laughs> if we do that, like the way this film's slated, do you think they slate it any more if it's me and you, Keenan? No, <laughs> I actually like again performances will come to, but I can tell you now, there's a couple of people in there that I upstage. I, I mean, I, I do want to see in GCSE drama. I don't want to put that on the table if uh, Mr. Schumacher is listening. <laughs> my uh, drama teacher and my art teacher both told me not to waste my time when I was at school. When I went to talk to her about my GCSEs, it's the best. I met, my, my art teacher taught me for three years. Best conversation I ever had. Walked up, she went, "Yeah, probably best not to waste your time, is it?" <laughs> I remember going to a parents' evening, and um, drama teachers must have just had this one in their back pocket for parents, where they're like, "You know, he's a bit shy and." Drama is actually great for kind of getting people out there, really uh, kind of uh, getting them in the comfort zone a bit. Like, <laughs> it really helps people develop. Surely when common sense comes in, if someone is shy, putting them on a stage, no matter how many times you try and tell people this is good for them, it's probably not. It's pro- that, just 
the Giants <laughs> Also, at some point, surely, regardless of whether they're shy or not, the ability, the ability they have to act has got to come into it at some point. <laughs> I mean, being about most outgoing person in the world, but if you can't memorize four lines, you're still fucked. Like, I, I, I wasn't too bad. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it way back here, but primary school, I was the lead role. I was the king. Uh, the most lines there, and it got to this GCSE one. I essentially got the last pick of the character. I had to be a gangster called uh, Arturo Gui, um, with this actually a play that's out there. And we had to do, I think it had to be like 20 minutes. So I think I had 15 minutes worth of lines um, wearing my uncle's suit, which uh, he must have smoked about 50 cigarettes in because I remember doing a performance and all I could smell was cigarettes. <laughs> but, Legend. but I lost I lost my trailer for... We, it was one of them where you constantly say in your group, we can put this off because eventually we know that we're going to kind of get to it. Never did until about a week before um, trying to learn the lines. And I lost my place and under pressure, I just skipped to the next one I knew. This kid only had about three lines. I took his lines out. Oh, uh, no. he, 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 he failed. Oh, that is... That is you to a T. If I had to explain you to someone, that would be it. The thing is, like... That is not even throwing him under the bus. That is holding his head to the curb whilst the wheels go over. Asking the driver if he can reverse back over. What the performance would be like. So I made sure my coursework was really good. So I think I had an A in my coursework to offset what the performance was going to be. This kid didn't listen in that sense. So so (laughs) I put three lines out. Spent two years of his life fucking learning that shit just to fail because you've bombed him. Oh, <laughs> you've actually you've actually edited him out of his own GCSE. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he should he should have taken the role of uh, my man Arturo. Um, in later interviews, director Joel Schumacher blamed studio pressure to make the film more toyetic. He called it. Um, he says essentially he was told beforehand. The sole purpose of this film was to be a showcase of marketable toys and games. Um, down the line, yes. one of the other people that works there says essentially, look, if you make a good Batman film, you're going to sell toys regardless. Like This didn't need to be the focus, but mm. he was the golden boy of uh, the studio at that time, and he uh, did what they said. He even delivered the film early, which you never hear of these days. Teacher's pet he was. All, all I'll say is, if he had a couple of weeks, probably should have used them. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, I, he, he didn't have a lot to work with, it does seem. Um, but I think a lot of that was on him. Uh, if you stop George Clooney in the street and tell him that you saw this film in the cinema, he'll refund you for the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, my my favourite story about Clooney... Um, just quickly, have you ever heard the story about him and his 16 mates? No. You've told me this, I think, but go on, because I'm... Yeah, is, it six, I'm bit... is it 16 or is it 8? It might be 8, whatever, whatever the number is. Right? I think basically, it's 8. Basically, um, him and his mates, he got to a point where I think he sold one of his businesses, and like he was making... The, this is George Clooney's fuckload of money. Got them all in his house, um, and was like, yeah, boys, uh, couldn't have made it here this far without you. Got a present for you. Just gave him all a briefcase uh, with a million with a million cash in it. Jeez. He was like, "Yeah, lads, this is yours." Um, and one of them, one of his mates, just one of his mates, Joe, like turtle in um, yeah, in, entourage. In entourage, right? George Clooney has a mate who's done the exact same thing. 
sold his share in a vodka, in a vodka company. Instead of noise tequila for turtle, but stole his share in a booze company. This bloke's now just worth four hundred mil. And he's just like uh, in the interview, in in the interview, right? Because they're speaking. George Clooney's telling the story and stuff, and he's like, uh, he was like, yeah, I gave him a mill. and the bloke's like, no, nah, you're right. See, like, it's fine. Don't 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 worry about it. <laughs> like, I don't just. It's like, I actually just don't need it. This is a, it's a million cash, like no untraceable. He's like, yeah, I'm alright, George. I don't don't actually need it, mate. Um, but it, George in it, he says there's a couple of the guys who, who weren't doing too well. You know, one of them's like sleeping on a couch and stuff. He was like, basically, I made the rule that. The only way that they would, they all had to take it to get it. If one of them turned it down, then none of them got it. He was like, "I wanted to show my thanks and this, that, and the other," which I think is fucking awesome. I'd love to be in a position to be like, yeah. I'd make a load of money and be like, "Yeah, lads, couldn't have done it without you." Have this, that would be amazing. Um, but he made them all take it, and he was like, "Yeah, it was cool." And then he tells the story. It's like, uh, yeah, he, he says uh, basically, there's like so only like three places in like LA or in, in like the state where you can get access to that much money. And he was like, I'd never heard of it. He was like, someone made some phone calls for me. Uh, he basically just turned up in a van one day to this warehouse and they just gave him <laughs> eight million cash. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was, he was like, it was me, the driver, and two guys with guns. And he was like, I'm ne- I've never seen people with guns look so nervous in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You, um, like, you can Google it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's a great story. Yeah, I think you told me it before, and I said this definitely needs to be told on the pod. So, episode 100, there we go. Uh, TK, give me a guess. How many ice puns do you think Mr. Freeze says during this film? Oh, that's scary. I'm going to say 26. What about you, Keenan? I have 32 in my TK, it's actually 27. Oh, which is my... almost every line he has, really. Has <laughs> yeah. One of my notes just says the puns, ellipsis, yeah. for fuck's, for fuck's oh. sake. <laughs> so he just bad. says the puns, <laughs> FFS. Uh, I, I physically like, shook my head um, at the climax of the film when it's supposed to be like really tense. And uh, Batman says, we've got 11 minutes of four at the city. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, we're going to get into this, I'm sure. But the whole thing yeah. of, oh no, this guy freezes people. We'll just defrost them quickly, and that'll be fine. <laughs> it's just insane. Yeah, I've got more quotes down than I did for any film in the whole last bracket. So, <laughs> uh, I've told you about Uma Thurman. Uh, Joel Schumacher had several meetings with Warner Brothers, trying to convince them to let him make another Batman movie. <laughs> He wanted to take the film back to its darker roots and make a Batman Year One movie. Schumacher wanted to cast Kurt Russell as a young Commissioner Gordon and Selena Kyle as a young, beautiful African-American woman living in a ghetto. Warner Brothers decided not to hurry hire Schumacher and the next Batman film stayed in development limbo for years until Batman begins in 2005. Probably for the best. Like You don't do that and then say, come on, give me another chance. No, but I mean, he did get they did get a black um, cat. Uh, well, no, it was cat. I was going to say, but in terms of that, so yeah. Kyle. Um, so they did. They he managed to maybe push it that way for Warner Brothers. Yeah, but th- th- this is like um, Hodgson spending the money at Liverpool <laughs> when he's asking, "Come on, you got to give me a bit more cash." And that's "Come on, we, we've seen the last ones. <laughs> we need we, we need Paul Conchesky in this squad room. <laughs> I'll never I'll never get over that." Um, Chris O'Donnell confirmed in a 2012 interview that a Robin slash Nightwing spin-off was planned alongside Batman Unchained, which we'll get to. Uh, 
However, he reported the plans were scrapped after the poor reception of Batman and Robin. Uh, something I didn't take down, Chris O'Donnell and Arnie were never on set together at any one time, which when you consider that's Robin and Mr. Freeze. That is mad. I hadn't thought of that. No, the, the, the time you met Arnie on set was uh, they played basketball while Arnie was in his Mr. Freeze costume. Wow. Uh, in an interview, the cast members were asked what item from filming they would like to take home. Arnie said he would like to take home Mr. Freeze's armour. Uma Thurman said she wanted Ivy's floral throne. Elle McPherson said she just wanted a cap or something with the movie's logo on. And George Clooney says he wanted Elle McPherson. She declined. <laughs> Come on, George. <laughs> My guy, shoot a shot. I mean, to be fair, he's George Clooney. Like, well, he yeah. might as well. Uh, this is the second Batman movie in which the actor playing the main villain was billed over the actor playing Batman. Keenan, do you know who the previous actor was that was billed ahead of Batman? Jack Nicholson, shoulder. Correct. Billed ahead of Michael Keaton. I believe he insisted on that as well. I think that was a stipulation. He said, I won't be in it unless I'm top villain. <laughs> Sounds very Probably generous. fair. Jack Nicholson's one of my heroes in life. Did you know that? Yeah, I can, I can believe that. After the film's negative reception, plans for Tim Burton's Superman Lives were shut down. The movie would have been a first attempt to have a shared universe between Batman and Superman, with George Clooney as Batman and Nicolas Cage as Superman. What a world that would have been. My yeah, words. We knew from the... Uh, what was the film you suggested for the action bracket, TK, with uh, one of the Wayans brothers in it? Uh, last Boy Scout. Yeah, because uh, we know from that, didn't we, that Schumacher visited Nicholas... No, sorry, I'm thinking, yeah, Face Off, he visited him on. Complete, I don't know why, I don't know. Um, yeah, he visited him on the set of Face Off because they wanted Nicholas Cage to be the Scarecrow in the next Batman film, which obviously also doesn't happen. So we were going to have a DC universe with Nicholas Cage in, and we were deprived of that. Arnie is the death of Batman. Yeah, so that happens. Arnie is rumored to have earned twenty-five million for playing Mister Freeze. That's one million per day on set. <coughs> Nick and eleven. That's a hell of a gig. Twenty-five mil for that. Yeah, it actually makes Andy Carroll going to Liverpool look like value. <laughs> <laughs> so, screenwriter Akiva Goldsman was blamed for ruining the movie. Director Joel Schumacher defended him, quoting, Akiba was blamed for this sort of lightness and humour and fun in games. But that's not fair. I take full responsibility. I mean, Akiba did write the script, but I shot it and worked with Akiba. So, you know, uh, if you don't like it, blame the director. That's what our names are there for. That feels very much like saying, do blame him. But I want to be graceful here. Yeah, he seems quite, quite a tactician, Joel Schumacher. What, there's other I mean, accounts... There's some serious blood on both hands. <laughs> well, well, there's, there's various accounts from the actors of this uh, Akiva Goldsman being on set and essentially telling Schumacher, this is terrible. Like, <laughs> we need to stop now, speak to the studio and tell them we got it wrong. We need to change it. And uh, Schumacher was essentially saying, like, this is his vision coming to life. He wants to make it like a cartoon. And this is what you get. So he 
does seem to have at least realised they made a mistake, whereas Schumacher didn't. Yeah, but he, you're saying he's realised a mistake. He wrote it. I mean, <laughs> this, the writing yeah. is so bad. Well, <laughs> they worked with, and I, I forget the guy's name, essentially one of the creators of Batman was involved um, in this. He loves it, by the way. He says this is exactly kind of what Batman was going to be. Um, but that's only one person, so I guess it, we don't know how soon in he was saying, like, start again, but at least he wasn't prepared to say, release this and carry on filming. There we go. Um, Hulk Hogan and Sylvester Stallone were the other rumoured options for Mr. Freeze. Somehow they made the right choice. Yeah, I think he was the number one. When um, Ekiva Goldsman wrote the script, he essentially said like they were written for someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger. So they clearly thought he was attainable. For 25 mil, yeah, I'm fucking surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, Julia Roberts, Sharon Stone and Demi Moore were all rumoured to be in the running for the part of Poison Ivy before Uma Thurman was cast. Joel Schumacher selected Uma Thurman for Poison Ivy because he believed she was the most beautiful woman in the world at the time. Rush. I really like Uma Thurman. I've thrown that out on multiple pods, but he does realise he cast Al McPherson in this film, right? I'm not saying she's top, top, but like levels to uh, this game. Uma Thurman had just done a magazine shoot for some kind of like lads mag at the time. And they had this kind of big spread in there. And they say that's essentially, he saw that and was just transfixed. It's mentally got this far, really, um, Joel Schumacher. But... <laughs> yeah, insane. <laughs> Dead now. What I mean? just, no, just, just literally learned that two minutes ago. I wish you'd said that at the end of it. <laughs> Sound like he got what he deserves. Well, he gave us this. Uh, he paid for it in the end, though. I mean, to be fair, he touched. He was. He was. He touched an eighty. So uh, he, yeah. he was eighty. Sorry. So, um, Kevin Feige, the president of Marvel Studios, has called Batman and Robin the most important comic book movie ever made. Because <laughs> catastrophic failure forced major comic book companies and film studios to rethink how they presented them. <laughs> Bit of a backhanded compliment. <laughs> that's actually. That's actually just spitting in your face, mate. <laughs> So, you showed us everything we did wrong. Yeah. So thank you. This one was quite cool. So um, celebrities like Jesse Ventura and John Bon Jovi would stop by the set to hang out with Arnie and smoke cigars. Bon Jovi would hand deliver the Cuban cigars to the set. Arnie would have them painted white so he could smoke them during filming. There was an 11 person team required to get the actor into his makeup and costume for Mr. Freeze. The team had to work fast because Arnie had a strict 12-hour limit per day written into his contract and would have handlers feeding him and massaging his hands while he was in the makeup chair. It's just a fucking different life, isn't it? It's so insane how 25 big he mil and you're still making these demands. I know. That's high maintenance. Uh, George Clooney was actually in a relationship at the time, which I don't know how he's getting away with that comment about one of Elmer Thurston, um, with uh, Vendela Kersabon, who plays Nora Freeze, the woman oh. who's uh, in the tank. Maybe that's actually got the gig. Maybe. So oh, there's, a, <laughs> <laughs> there's, 
there's a, there's a story I read, um, which I mentioned to TK before I knew he was going to be jumping on with this, uh, Keenan. So because of this time constraints they had with Arnie, they essentially convinced him beforehand, look, we're paying you all this cash. We want to do the best film we can do. This is going to be a smash hit. Um, they wanted him to shave his head because it would save so much time. It would take an extra two hours to fit the bold cap and do all the makeup around it. Um, he turns up on set on the day and basically looks at himself in the mirror, sees a glorious head of hair and says, no, I'm not doing it. You're going to have to get the bold cap on me. <laughs> so they're all on set saying, like, this is a nightmare. How are we going to do this? They have these two interns outside and the studio is basically offering them all this money saying, just go in there with a pair of clippers. And if you just go at the back of his head, he's going to have to shave all his hair off. And they're offering thousands of pounds to these interns to say, go on, please just take one. We'll fire you straight after, but take the cash. Neither of them refused to do it. And uh, Arnie Keats has had a hair. What's your price? I don't know, because I feel like, one, they probably do think they're going to have a long future in the industry, even just being like an intern on the set of Batman. And he looks like an intimidating bloke on screen. I imagine when you're stood behind him with that pair oh. of clippers, you probably think, with how big Arnie is, he could probably beat the shit out of you on that set, and they're gonna do they're gonna do nothing. No, that's probably true. It's the late nights at the end of the day. No one cares. So I don't know how much I've got to be paid. Fifty. I think you've got to in that position, but I think it's a lot easier to say <laughs> it from here. But. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, you, just, you are probably done. He could ruin your career, maybe your entire life. It's yeah. got to be a big paycheck. That's what I mean. Like, I, I, I just think the price is here. Like that, it's easy to say we we do it for fifty k. I mean, on the spot, you might be thinking, "Oh, your ass would fall out." As soon as you stood behind him with those clippers, <laughs> I can't do this. Can you think, who do you think would be the most intimidating person to do that to? Because I'm also thinking about them having like a great head of hair. Who's tough but got a good head of hair? Do you think Al Pacino and his pomp, do you think you'd, you're more likely to do that or not? Because there's just a lot of stories about Al Pacino that he could probably be quite an intimidating guy. Yeah, I imagine he is, but he's not Arnie's size. He's not built like Arnie, no, no. Oh. I think more like with, with Pacino, you're thinking like, I could get off this set and that might not be the end of it for me. If, if Big Al wants to throw hands, um, straight with it. Whereas if, if Arnie, Arnie starts gripping me up, what am I going to do? <laughs> I've got this image of Keenan thrown down with Al Pacino now. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the reach advantage, I've got the height, I've got a big weight advantage on him, even back in his prime. Arnie, Keenan, like, if, Mr Olympia gripping me up, where am I going? Keenan, if if I put you on the set of Taken, which you claim to be the longest film you've ever watched, which is mental. Um, I also didn't but, say that, but well, hang on. I longest in the bracket, but I uh, extended it a bit. If yeah, I put not, you in that position and say you've got to do that to Liam Neeson's Barnet, do you think you've got the stones? Taken this is two. a man, look, if he's got that, he might have that cosh in his sock. <laughs> Taken two, maybe after watching Taken again. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, actually, Taken two is not that bad, not the worst one. Taken three is absolutely hideous. Taken two is the worst one. I am a Taken three is hideous, mate. And as I've said on here before, I can't think of 
Liam Neeson without thinking of the Family Guy episode where Peter's in the bar saying he could take him and they wind him up to the point where he seeks out Liam Neeson and has the shit beaten out of him. <laughs> yeah, he's probably, he's, uh, he's, um, he was like a boxer or something, Liam Neeson, but he barred the fuck out of me. But... Yeah, are, you put, are, you, are you putting money on the line for me to do this? Yeah, yeah. Is this, yeah. Is this just because I didn't enjoy taking the 12 No, no, we're, we're putting money on the line. I'm just thinking like the intimidation factor and whether, whether you do do it on the spot. Mm. All right, I don't know on the spot. Get, get, a couple of, get a couple of beers in me and then ask me. <laughs> Bit of like, if you if I was at some my local shop and like you were offering me money to go in and like nick a can of coke I'd have the adrenaline going through me I'd be shitting myself just doing that let alone stood behind Liam Neeson knowing what he's like ready to shave his barnet like, yeah, he's sat I don't think there. I've got it in me just you just tape it to a broom or something and then just just whip it up so you've got a, got a good head start well like the sneak attack element means he's gonna lash out on instinct as well like he's not even gonna be able to like consider like i am who i am the consequences here you're gonna get the most pure form of rage in that unfiltered instance. rage <laughs> yeah yeah i think these these lads made the right choice although maybe i have to see in the film they would take it. I mean, Arnold being bold is, is actually just inconsequential to the film. It wouldn't even... Yeah, it's, it's not the biggest issue, is it? Let's face no. It. It's not no. even an, it's not even an issue, let's be honest. Whilst it might have been annoying for the people in the makeup team, well, there's so many, there's so much wrong with this film. Yeah, um, well, not, not too much trivia left, to be fair. Um, okay, so they deliberately moved away from the wounded Batman approach, as they called it. Um, Akiva Goldsman said it becomes rather difficult to tell the same sad story over and over especially with Batman movies so in Batman and Robin we play less with how wounded Batman is over this past tragedy and more with the potential loss of what he loves now Uh, George Clooney went on to say we've now seen three Batman films in which he talks about how his parents were murdered when he was a little boy the truth is I think people just wish he'd stop going on about it (laughs) he's right there actually that's fair <laughs> um, and finally uh, the botanical garden gorilla suits were made from purely old Santa wigs of course they were so there you go there's your trivia there's the carnage that was going on behind the scenes in 97 um, if we kind of do our thing here like we said I think we've all got some notes down so uh, we kind of no. go through Little one for you, Byron. Your man, yeah. Akiva, Akiva Goldman. Um, yeah. Do you know what else he's responsible for that you really do like? No. He wrote uh, Angels and Demons and the Da Vinci oh, Code. Yeah. Good Little one for you, mate. Yeah. And it's also in uh, season four, Angels and Demons. Hmm? What would yeah. you say? Angels and Demons is in season four. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, that's one to be picked. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I mean, if we start like right at the beginning of the film, so very 90s style PowerPoint title with the transitions, smashing through the screen and kind of slinging into centre frame. And then you've just got this odd montage, which is actually what I remembered the film by. Um, You've just got these odd close-ups of like crotches, cheeks, (laughs) nips, which... 
the so, director, he was kind of put on the spot saying, like, do we need the nipples? Like, I thought that's a bit much. And he was saying, like, this is my vision. Like, we have to have this. It has to be an anatomically correct Batman suit. And he thought that would bring a sense of realism for the viewers. One of my notes just says, do you think they did the Clooney close-ups just so they could do Alicia Silverstone? <laughs> and yeah, or, or, definitely. Also, how happy do you think the cameraman was when he was shooting that? Well, judging by what we know, the director's probably going, come on, take a step back, we need all this in shot. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's the way he was being, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I assume at the time, they, they were probably like, yeah, well, we'll get her in there. Because, I mean, it, it literally does nothing for anyone. No. Well, I, I mean, it, it sets the tone. <laughs> it does set the tone. It's corny oh. from the jump. I remember yeah. on Twitter um, where they were um, saying, well, it's a thing of, like, the best and worst jobs in the world. And, like, there was some guy that was employed just to um, oil up the Sports Illustrated models. And I think... I can't think who it was. I think it was... I think it was Kate Upton on the example they were saying, and they they were saying this guy's wage, and he was basically his job was to get the right amount of gleam on Kate Upton for her Sports Illustrated shoot. And it was the the ending was like when you go into your office tomorrow at nine a.m. Just remember, this guy's making more money than you. Oh God! Sounds great. Sounds fantastic. But it's a great job. You're essentially just got an hard on constantly. You are gonna look like a fucking per- <laughs> you're gonna look like a pervert. Do you know I mean you're 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 having to take that in? Like I can't think there was an interview with an actress before where they asked her about this, and I think they said you're offended if it happens and you're offended if it doesn't. Like yeah. there's no right Sounds thing right. for the bloke to do in that situation. There's interviews with male actors as well, and they, they say the same thing. They're like, well, you, you end up saying sorry if you do, and then you see you're saying sorry if you don't. Yeah. It's like, there's, there, there's nothing good about it. Ah, I can imagine. Um, when George Clooney has that suit put in front of him, cause do you think a lot of people had to be yes men on the set of this, I guess we're saying, for a lot of this to pass through? Mm-hmm. Do you think there was maybe so many issues that this is something they just didn't even think about? Or do you think they actually thought this was a good idea? Like, when they each have these suits put in front of them, because they look hilarious when you just see them, like, in a picture now. I don't know, mate. I mean, my my actual note just says, opening, shit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> this is just for this one point. Now it just says, how bad does Clooney look? Question mark. They somehow managed to make what is obviously an iconically handsome and cool man mm-hmm. look terrible and be very uncool. It's a, just, I don't know how they did it. Power he, to them. He somehow looks shit as Batman and that shouldn't be possible. Yeah. He looks like a budget Batman. He looks like the wish.com version of Batman. <laughs> this well, is yeah. exa- exactly how he looks. I sort of... He, like, he should just fit so well. Yeah, it should have worked. It nah. blows my mind. What it blew my mind watching this last night. Like, how the fuck did they not make George Clooney as as Batman like iconic? In my head, before rewatching this, he was genuinely a great Batman. <laughs> See, I, you've said this so many times, and like I've always said, this it's not. No, it's like not true. You're like, no, no, great, great. And like 
it's 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 actually jarringly bad. <laughs> yeah, like for for a film that is like notoriously known as one of the worst films ever. I was thinking to myself, well, I remember, you know, it was a bit out there when I was, but <laughs> yeah. I watch it back. Somehow it was worse than I could have imagined. I have no idea how. He, five minutes so in, bad. I was looking around <laughs> thinking, am I being punked? Is this some sort of like joke? I can't believe <laughs> this is this the bad. <laughs> Mate, he's so bad in this. It's like at certain points, it looks as though they've dubbed over him talking because it just doesn't fit. Like his face so, somehow doesn't fit his mouth in this film, and I can't so, work it out. There are several shots in the film where, because of the time constraints and things, they just couldn't be bothered to film things again, and so they just looped the shots. So if you watch back, and I don't think you will, but I'll say it in the purpose <laughs> of if you were going to, um, Robin at the end of the film gets pushed into the water, doesn't he, by uh, Poison Ivy before she goes off and fights Batgirl. So there's a point at which Robin emerges from the water and because they just couldn't bother to film it again, they just reversed the shot. And so you see Robin just rewind up from the water. And then they just cut cut to another shot. And it's one of them where if you know to look out for it, it's so blatantly obvious. No, I didn't know it was that. They're they're probably lucky. Their their movements are all so rigid and uncomfortable anyway. They seem to probably blend that in. Joel Schumacher did an interview before this film came out, and this maybe is like Suicide Squad. Can you remember how hyped the first Suicide Squad was? Mm -hmm. You had that trailer with... um, It was a Queen song, wasn't it? I can't remember which one it was. Is it Bohemian Rhapsody? Don't know. It was a Queen song, I know that much. But they hyped it from so so much that the, the trailer was so good. Everyone was so pumped they could just never deliver on it. And they kept having these interviews about... Harley Quinn being great and Will Smith being great and everything. So Joel Schumacher does an interview before this and he says, when you see this film and you see the fight scenes with Batman and Robin, the intention here is for Batman and Robin to be the two greatest martial artists the world has ever seen. <laughs> oh, God. Obviously, we didn't get that. I, 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 I don't know. I, what? Like, I, I, I've made a lot of bad choices in life. So I've, made, I've made a lot of errors. But I can't understand how anyone looked at this. <laughs> like, seriously, like, they've got a fucking team of editors and you telling me that they've done the dailies, they're doing their run, and they're looking at this and going, tell you what, oh, some shot that, mate. Like, what, what do you mean? What was well, left it... on, like, the cutting room floor? Because has this made it? What didn't get in? Like, part of what... it is... Um... Batman Forever, they didn't anticipate to be a great success. It, it, it was huge, Batman Forever, which Joel Schumacher also directed. And there that, was an um, element of... That's the one with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and... Um, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. So there was an element of, look, the guy clearly knows what he's doing, let's leave him to it. Which but, the success just went completely to his head and it was like <laughs> some of these Arctic Monkeys albums where you're like, just do, just do what we know we want to hear from you. Like you don't need to do anything different. If they, kind of what they if were. If anything like the Arctic Monkeys, they should have gave him the third film because well, he would have gone back and made a good, good album. We would have had Nicholas Cage yeah. in there, so uh, can't be any worse than some of this, mate. Well, Legit, genuinely. 
it's a bit of a spoiler, but I just kind of want to tell tell you to this story. It's just happens to be other people will be listening. I I can't recommend highly enough Seth Rogen's uh, autobiography. I guess it is, um, but particularly the audio book because he narrates it all himself. He does the voices. The start of it is a bit long winded because it's essentially actually large portions of the book are this one time I did drugs. So long, so long. <laughs> that sounds out of character but he tells a story about Nicolas Cage in there when they were trying to do um, the Green Lantern and he was going to be a bad guy in there and they arranged a meeting and they were just saying how mental he is and Green Lantern Green Hornet was it one of the two okay yeah yeah sorry I was genuinely whichever one, whichever one they did which also was a huge disaster and was compared to Batman and Robin um mm. So they kept having these issues with the cast, and eventually uh, Nicolas Cage speaks to him, and he says, look, I'd, I'd love to do the film, but I just have a couple of changes I'd like to make to the script. And at the stage they are, Seth Rogen's like, no, there's no problem with that. Whatever he's suggesting, it's probably going to be better than what we've got anyway. Look, he's, he, he says, he's Nicolas fucking Cage. <laughs> we listen to what he says. And Nicolas Cage says he wants um, to speak in a, a Bahamian accent, he wants to have his head tattooed, which he then quickly says, actually, no, I think I want to do that later in my life, so it'd be weird if I do that in a film. Um, he says he wants to dress in, like, half pirate gear and half something else. Um, and they go for this meal, and Seth Rogen's saying to his agent, do you think he's going to do the accent? Because I'm not going to be able to keep composed if he does the accent. <laughs> anyway... As soon as they sit down for food, Nicolas Cage just breaks out in the accent, and he's 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 saying all these like Bahamian words, um, and going on and on and on. Seth Rogen bursts out laughing, then has to stop himself and try and be serious because he says he thought he was joking, so on and so on. Nicolas Cage contacts them after and says, oh, "I don't think this is going to work." Um, years down the line, they're doing another film. And Nicolas Cage is involved in something that Seth Rogen is going to produce. And Nicolas Cage asks for a meeting to try and clear the air, saying, look, I'd love to have you involved, but I just feel like we need to talk about the accent. <laughs> so it's got, his, it's got its own, own, own name. Like they both know yeah. he's talking about the accent. <laughs> he says he tells him to meet him at this restaurant. He says he sat like right in the corner with just him and his partner. They sit down. And Nicholas Cage says, yeah, I, did, I just thought we needed to talk about what happened that day. He says, you're friends with uh, James Franco, aren't you? Yeah. And he says, his character in Spring Breakers, you stole my character, didn't you? That character <laughs> he's doing in Spring Breakers, you took that from me. <laughs> Seth Rogen said, I'd never even mentioned it to him and all this. And then right after he said that, Nicholas Cage, I feel better now. Stands up and walks away. He had no interest in Seth Rogen producing his show or film. He just felt he needed to have that sit down with him <laughs> to clear the air Ooh. and accuse him of stealing his accent, which James Franco's character isn't even speaking in. No, I mean accent is literally nothing alike. But he, there's a lot more to it. But he just makes the point. This that isn't is like, yeah, this isn't just like, it, the stories are real, basically. Like, the bloke is a maniac. It's not put on. <laughs> and from what we see with Joel Schumacher here, 
if he had Nicolas Cage on board, I don't know what we would have seen. I'd have been fascinated to see been, how much lower they could have yeah, gone. It would have been mental. Because you look at what Nicolas Cage is doing now when clearly he has creative control. <laughs> that pig film is meant to be brilliant, by the way. I don't so understand good. how it can be good. Yeah. It's about someone kidnaps a truffle hunting pig, so he goes on a rampage and fucks up a little village. Apparently, it's not a rampage. It's quite like a psychological film, and it's That's quite it, more regardless, regardless, regardless of the rampage or whether, whether oh. he walks walks around like he's in Splinter Cell. Um, it. It's a fuck. It's a pig, mate. Come on, like. I saw it claimed as John Whipper with a pig, which I'm just clarifying. It's not John <laughs> Whipper with a pig. Well, yeah, we'd hate for anyone to go watch it with any misconceptions. <laughs> you want to go <laughs> right. in with your eyes open? To this Do you know what I mean? I, I, some, I can just about. If, if John Wick, genuinely, if John Wick's wife hadn't just died and she was the one who gave him the dog, if it's just the dog, I'm probably not on board. The dead wife. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean, the dead wife. He's not in a right. He's not in a good headspace anyway. I see why he loses it. Mate, like, what do you mean? It's, it's a pig. I, I've like, people are going to be tearing up at this as well, and I'll just shoot fucking half a day off. Like. I know you're, you're, you're a John Wick fan, I think. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. Me and I think TK lie somewhere where you don't dislike the film, but perhaps don't see what others have seen. Disgrace. I saw a clip that was meant to be from one of the sequels today with someone on like a balcony and someone they look like in an airport walking through and they're both shooting at each other with a silence on silencer on and the crowd are completely unmoved yeah. this can't be a serious scene no it is it is that the second or third I believe it's the third it's where they're both it's because they both got um, no wait two seconds uh, yeah I think and it's like the people third. aren't it's batting an eyelid and bullets are flying through the air no, it's not quite flying through the air, are they? They're about six feet away from each other, that's your point. No, not the cliff I saw. The cliff I saw someone's like raised like No, for them for, for the most for the most part they're sort of they're walking past each other, they're walking side by side and they're shooting at each other, but the point being they line as you found out in the first one, you, they line the suits with Kevlar, don't they? So all they're doing is I mean it would still look weird as shit. Regardless, because a bloke would just be constantly ducking behind his suit. <laughs> like, it's probably like, oh, all right, right, I don't know what he's got in that pocket, but I don't want any part of it. Um, Blackton called the third one the worst film he'd ever seen at a cinema. <laughs> wow, that just can't be true. He just said it was just completely ridiculous and something to do with horses. <laughs> of course, it's completely ridiculous. Have you seen them? What a man kills the entire Russian mafia is hardly going to be planted in realism, is it? <laughs> he's trying to take over the world. He's got a homeless army behind him. Like what? What? what, what, do you what mean? I don't. I've not seen the second one to know about a homeless army. Lawrence Fishman's in it. Great guy. All right, well, we'll get back on topic. I'll just uh, hopefully um, the James Pantry sponsor isn't coming. So if Seth Rogen wants to uh, sponsor the podcast, then James Pantry, please do send us those sausage rolls. Sausage rolls and custard donuts. We're not even asking for a fee. We're not even. Yeah, I mean, we're not even asking for a lot. Just look, DM us. We'll give you. We'll give you our addresses. Sausage rolls, custard donuts. Cornish they need a shout out. Cornish pasty, if you're feeling really extravagant, they, like the boys. They do, TK, because Greg's are leaving them behind. If yeah, I'm James true. Pantry, I'm looking, thinking, we're getting smoked here. This is like Skype to Zoom when the <laughs> pandemic hit. Get us on a podcast ASAP. <laughs> well, tell you, imagine at the start, hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association, in association with Spitballing Pod, 
and James Pantry. Well, that would be great. Maybe where like if you had to cut it. an ad halfway through, it would be phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I tell you, what, me, me and Byron just going, oh, it's ad time. Yeah, we'll have a pastry <laughs> break in the middle. Feeling peckish, are you? <laughs> <laughs> we have a little pastry break in the middle. People can just hear receipts and pastries and yeah. talk about it. So at, at, at crunch, oh, honestly, and then sausage rolls. That's what I want. Yeah. Pa- pastries just breaking. Oh, if that hasn't got us the sponsorship deal, I don't know what will. Uh, I mean, I'll take Greg's. I feel like say that Greg's. Now. We'll say that. We'll say that next week. We got season four coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll t- I'll take Greg's. J- James is a bit more at market, but I'll take Greg's. I would never pass on a steak bake in my life. TK used to eat those um, Ginster slices cold when we were at school. Never got my head around that. Yeah, I've done that a million times. Yeah, it's, look, you, if you got it, you got to do it. That's not not too. Uh, I did it on. I did it the other week. I was stopped at a garage and I. There was nothing else there, so I just grabbed the chicken tikka slice. They're much better warm, but I, I don't hate, hate them cold. Peppered steak slice is the best of those ones. Yeah, great shout. Do you like a Cornish I do like, pasties? I do like, like just the steak slice. Cornish pasties are one, I always think I'll like them more before I bite into one. Oh, phenomenal. Your main, your, your, your main feature after meat can't be Swede, I'm afraid. Yeah, but you, to be fair, you don't even really taste that. It's, you just taste a bit of potato, mainly mainly the meat. Pepper steak, you are right, is is, is the best of them. The people, people the gravy eat, and the steak slice is great as well. It's fire. The one who um, the ones I don't trust are people who who willingly choose a cheese and onion pasta. <laughs> Sketchy. Like Next you can't <laughs> in association with spitballing pastry. You 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 can't trust someone who looks at that selection and goes, "Tell you what." Cheese and onion, that's a meal. It's like somebody who's in the shop getting a meal deal looks at all them crisps and willingly chooses Walker's cheese and onion. They're either in a bad, they're either in a bad place. Get them help immediately. Yeah. Cry, that, that is a cry for help. <laughs> what does it say about this film that the most enthused we've been in the last 55 <laughs> minutes is talking about pastries? I mean, it doesn't... Unless I really, unless I really like the film, mate, that's always going to be the case. <laughs> Like it's my top, it's my top five percent that I'll be more excited than than pastry. Anything else, we, we can do it. If um, if me and Keenan had done Batman and Robin and Keenan's Mister Freeze and we just melt him with a with a sausage roll from uh, James Pantry, what way to go? <laughs> well, I was hoping Keenan might give us a uh, Arnie impression on this pod, but we we've got a little while till we get to the quotes. Um, no, we actually we ain't actually got to do the quotes, have we? Well, well, I think they kind of play in as we kind of go through the film. I haven't I've got I've got half the film here. Um, the opening lines of the film, which perhaps we should have known, was Robin checking out the Batmobile. I want a car. I want a car. Chicks dig the car, and Batman says, "This is why Superman works alone." Yeah. Does he I, turn to camera at that point as well? It yes, felt like he, does, he almost. Yeah. Oh, just. just. <laughs> That's uh, setting the tone for you. Oh. I, hate, then, I actually hated it from that moment. 
yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen him do the weird thing with the costume. They've done that. And then en route to this thing, Commissioner Gordon just called him up. And our introduction to this huge villain is he calls himself Mr. Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also, sorry, in The state of that bloke they fucked playing fucking Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, exactly. Just... Never has a character been upgraded so much film to film. <laughs> they go from that to fucking Gary Oldman next time. I, I genuinely, each time I get, I had the scorecards through without a little laugh each time I would see uh, Gordon as uh, Keenan's best side character but <laughs> it may not have, it may not have been this season it may have been last season because I get his usually by WhatsApp and I kind of go back and forth doing a scorecard and on their best side character it was just you know <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah but look, I'm loyal to my boys Simple. <laughs> I think the point at the film of which I put in the chat, chat saying like, you know what, this might not actually be the best Batman film ever made <laughs> was when um, Mr. Freeze says, uh, I hope Bane can swim. And then he jumps out of the, 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 the jumps out of the tower. It took you that long? Yeah, taking the piss. You're an hour in at that point. You're telling me you're all in until the big man's got to leave. I wasn't all in, but I was was, a lot. He's on the fence until then. (laughs) Right, you're going for it until he's got to do the breaststroke. But look, I've done all the, I did all my prep um, pretty much beforehand. So, um, like, I'd seen it compared to like a a, a scan of a colonic and. all the all of these things. So I went in like I'm just gonna appreciate how bad this is. And then it got to the point of being like bad to like bad, bad. But then it did charm me back around at the end. So what can how, I say? How did the end charm you back around? I, I enjoyed um, I enjoyed how smug um Robin is when uh, he turns away and says um my cellophane lips Oh my god! Just, just awful. <laughs> Fucking shite, mate. I, honestly, I couldn't believe it. I know what's about to happen here, and yet I still just can't believe that this is going to happen. I, thought, I remember watching that when I was younger. Like that is genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, she's thick as shit because she's got two options, right? For just for the old of it. I know it's a film and it's part of it, but number one. He lingers for even after he rubs the lips off. He lingers about for for a few seconds. Just kiss him at that point. Just, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it don't take a lot. Also, she spends the rest of the film blowing pheromones at people. Yeah. Just do that, and he's do he's yours again. Everyone in in this character, everyone in this film is stupid. Obviously, the film, the point at which I was completely done in that sense was when they have the picture of Bane and Poison Ivy leaving the airport. And Bane's just got a top hat on, and they're like, "I think this is poison ivy. Look at the disguise." <laughs> I, it's, I no... it's worse. It's worse than that because what he, he, someone actually, there's actually a line that says, "Yeah, these two are definitely the two. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. fucking hell. Thanks, mate. You know how much I broke when um, when Bane's driving. When he's driving in, in his little hat, he's like, he's like the thickest bloke in the world. Yeah, he can adhere to the speed limit and get me on the wheel. Unreal. I had no comprehension at first of the fact that they didn't actually know who Poison Ivy was because of how obvious it was. <laughs> this, this obviously isn't. They obviously know who this is. <laughs> oh, I think it might be. <laughs> well, if we 
talk about that first scene and then talk about the kind of introduction of Poison Ivy because do you think the people in the cinema, because if you if you know how hype this film is, you, you give it a bit of time, no matter what we've said, before you completely write it off. There must you must be at least hoping it's gonna turn around. Hmm. When Batman slides down the dinosaur and then <laughs> they have a game of ice hockey with the diamond, uh Batman and Robin actually have the blades come through their shoes like they were prepared for this. Like this was always going to be a possibility that it could happen. It reminded me of Inspector Gadget. The gadgets are just painful. It's so... What well, the Inspector Gadget film was good to me when I was a kid as well. I feel that may not have aged well either. Is that Adrian Brody? No, it's Matthew Broderick. Yeah, oh, your, your, your boy. boy. <laughs> it's actually your guy, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. actually had to have a talking car that could drive itself for him. Yeah, I was going to say, he wouldn't fucking put him back the only way, would you? <laughs> he looks like, oh boy, I'll take this on, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Fucking scandal, like, he never went to jail. 150, 150 quid. Fucking joke. Uh, on that note, we'll, we'll, we'll carry on. Um, obviously, they do the kind of old, well, not even old school, the, the Bond villain type. I have the hero right where I want this, him. I have this marked down, yeah. Because this is obviously a staple of these sort of films, but theirs is just so blatant that it's well, disgusting. They then surf back down to the ground on the doors. Like they press the eject. Like it's Can I ask you a quick question? Go on. What on earth is Mr. Freeze got a fucking spaceship? <laughs> like, I can't, I, like, I, I, like, do you know what I mean? I can't put that in my head. He was like, yeah, I was just in the rocket, mate. Well, I mean, like, in, in, um, in, the, in, like, actual kind of the, the DC universe, he's kind of, like, the Doctor Doom level, like, really smart, really, into, well, him and Bane, actually, which makes even more of a mockery of the film. Like, they're both incredibly intelligent. That's fine. So he may well, in comic book terms, have had a shuttle. But still doesn't change the validity of my question. Why, why does he have one? What? Why the they fuck say, has he got a rocket? He's <laughs> going to take it into the atmosphere and then it's going to explode and wipe out half of Gotham, they say. I mean, I don't know how, but... Yeah, no, 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 no fine. I mean, why did he suddenly randomly just becomes Neil Armstrong? <laughs> like, it just it blew my mind. That his his dialogue in that opening scene when you meet him, I hate it so much. <laughs> You're joking. That's my highlight of the film. It can't be. We come in with let's kick some ice. That yeah. is honestly I it's was fucking hideous. I was floored. Genuinely allow me, floored. Allow me to break the ice. My name is Freeze. Learn it well, for it's the chilling sound of your doom. Mercy, I'm afraid my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. The Iceman cometh. Oh, actually, I did like that. In this universe, there's only one absolute. Everything freezes. Who killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. I hated he's, that. He's got some heat. He, he, he actually, I hate it so much. And then he goes back to his lair and they're singing fucking Frosty the Snowman. Oh, <laughs> if revenge is a dish best served cold, 
then put on your Sunday finest. It's time to feast. <laughs> you can't tell me you like that. <laughs> when he's about to go to prison and he says, you're not sending me to the cooler. Oh, God. No matter what even, anyone tells you, Bane, it really is the size of your gun that counts. Even, so, even like Arnie must have squirt. The size, of, the size of your weapon that counts, then, and then Arnie just gives it, gives it a little wink to the camera. Well, they actually had made the gun, and the way the gun works is it kicks out a sensor to the camera so they can time the ice effects to when the gun's being fired. Rather than do what they did with Batgirl, where they met her once, made the suit, came back in then the issue started from there. They decided to make the gun before even having Arnie hold anything. So they spent all this time making the weapon. He holds it in his hand, and it looks like a little water pistol, like it looks absolutely <laughs> tiny in his hands, and they have to go back. All the money they spent on that, they were just chucking money away in this film and start again to create one that was actually going to be what, looking uh, intimidating. If only he was known for being a big gentleman. Yeah, and he did have yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, no, no you, you're right, TK. It wasn't as though he spent two decades as the biggest action star on the planet. It wasn't what right. he was known for. No, I mean, fair play. They cast an absolute unknown in the role. Um, when he refers to him and Poison Ivy as Adam and Evil. Oh, I hated it. Oh, this is why I can have no sympathy for that Akiva goes. Like, I have no sympathy for him. You put these on a piece of paper. I, this, a oh, lot. I was near enough applauding each time I heard one of these. I thought they were brilliant. In my notes, it actually says Byron's humour. Genuinely. <laughs> I knew you'd like these. I hated so many of them. When he says, learn it well, for it's the chilling sound of your doom, that's like Denzel, man on fire. It's, it's, it's my job to send the message. It's my job to uh, arrange the meeting. Like, In isolation. In isolation, maybe, but in, in conjunction in, with these other yeah. ones. Oh, if you played word. me the audio clip, I might think, yeah, I might say, yeah, that's decent. When it's him stood looking like that, you just think, fucking hell. Batman <laughs> says, hey, Freeze, the heat is on. Yeah. Oh. Hey, I mean, Clooney, is, how is he not going, whoa, 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 let's pull up here. Let's put the well, hammer I'll tell you I'm not how, saying because it. The final lines of the film are Robin and Batman talking about Poison Ivy. And... Robin says, well, I'm totally over here. Oh, I worked so bad at this. Batman, me too. And he says, great stems, though. And Robin says, buds too. <laughs> yeah, those were nice. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. I don't understand how so they paid someone. I don't understand how someone actually submitted this as a script and someone then gave it had given them an advance and then paid them the second half. I can't work out, like, so, I don't understand how much cocaine must have been being done in, in, in that studio at the time for them, someone to approve this. There's, so no, when, there's no other explanation in my mind. When you say that you were hating this, like, you, you weren't hating it, but secretly enjoying it at the same time? No. No. Yeah, me too. I, I will say, for a two-hour film, I didn't struggle too much to keep going with it, only because I was thinking, how much worse can this keep getting? <laughs> so it did capture my attention. But so Schumacher, right to paint a picture, um, one of the um, actresses said that he clearly thought a lot of himself after Batman Forever. And on the set, you would have almost like, um, like an umpire's chair in tennis or like a lifeguard chair. And he would sit <laughs> at the top with this megaphone 
and he would say things like, that's cartoony, or this is this one's for the actors, baby, really let loose. And <laughs> he was trying to make catchphrases on the set that people would go away and say, you know, like Schumacher says. And he had these things he was trying, and the actors were really not enjoying it. I just, I, I, I guess know. that's maybe the only defense I can offer for him is that this felt very much like the original Batman series, you know, where he's yeah, yeah. really questionable suits. That's all a bit sort of playful and laughing at it. What's his name? Adam, Adam West. Adam West. Adam West, wasn't it? Adam yeah. West yeah. And I guess this is as much as the couple of films that went before this aren't the same sort of tone. You have had. Danny DeVito as a penguin and then Jim Carrey as the Riddler. So we're heading in a certain direction here. And he's he just gone full, the last one. He's just gone Ooh. fully on it. I think from what I saw, it was Tim Burton had involvement on all the others, but not on this one. So he yeah. was clearly just the handbrake. And then he's once he was gone, Schumacher's yeah. just let loose. But the other thing is it's unfortunate watching it now, in that obviously we've seen what a Batman's Batman series can be if it's yeah. done seriously. Whereas at this time, I do wonder, had, if you watch this in 97, do you think this is what a superhero film is? Because superhero films are transformed massively now. Yeah. It's a massive business. Was it always a bit, not this bad, but supposed to be a bit playful and a bit This was like the breaking point, I guess. Yeah, probably the, you, you've gone too far this time. How good of a villain do you think Mr. Freeze is if Christopher Nolan does it? Say, say they do a, a fourth Christopher Nolan Batman film with Mr. Freeze as the villain. Great, yeah. He, there's, there's, there's genuinely the same with the whole film. Is there are some good like foundations to it. I'm not sure if Poison Ivy could work at all. I just, I just don't think I can buy it. But the, the premise, there are some, the, the I, I think, of that works. In that. I think, um, if you give if you give Christopher Nolan Poison Ivy, I think you get a fucking. Gr- I think you get a great villain. I yeah, but I think you really do. Potentially, I just think the th- the thing you said about the I think if you give Tim Burton pheromones at people, has to kiss people. I just think yeah, is there are some limitations to this. The glittering freeze, on the other hand, is it, I think he could go anywhere. The glittering dust for Poison Ivy isn't great. I mean, we can speak about how she comes about. So we're introduced to her. It's Uma Thurman in a pair of glasses, and we're supposed to think oh, she's not that good looking i mean look at those glasses i mean her hair's a bit rough as well and then she sees bane being created um from the messiest lab i think you'll ever see and are we gonna are we, are we are we gonna talk about that that little bit what bane being made yep yeah i mean he's <laughs> riding around on the table like when the monsters get made in space jam yep it's again it's just it's just not good, is it? <laughs> no. Like, it's actually just not. Um, it's it's just... like a... the way it's shot. Yeah, it's it's kind of cartoon. I was thinking, watching to be fair, the whole thing, this scene, but the, <laughs> the rest of it as well, the colours and everything. It was kind of like a Scooby Doo film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Kind of... Funny you say that because the guy, I swear to God, in one of the Scooby Doo films, there's like a mad professor in it, and they've just nicked it straight out of this. <laughs> he's got the same hairstyle and everything, they, and he's even got the, the big gloves. Like, Isn't that the, Seth Green? Latex gloves. Is it Seth Green? Maybe I don't know. I think it is. He's in, he's in one of them, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's, uh, he's in the second one trying to charm uh, Velma. Okay, I think it, I thought it was someone else. I got to be honest, but it, by the by, I swear they've just nicked that look straight off this. 
I know it's like the is typical it? Dr. Frankenstein thing, but they've actually like even to the, to the horned rim glasses they steal it as well. Yeah, yeah. Even the look of the whole of Goth looks just. I know it's the nineties, but we are getting late nineties here, where things are starting to get a bit better, and it just looks so shoddy. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very odd. Um, I mean, to put it into perspective, um, with the kind of effects and things. Terminator 2 came out six years earlier. Yeah, that's that's crazy, really. And I think we pinpointed two bits mainly, didn't we, Keenan? I think what you described as uh, yeah, Bessie, um, Bessie uh, tin effect. Yeah. <laughs> and something else. And pretty much other than that, it's like him, groundbreaking him, him, for the him, time. Walking, him walking through the bars looks terrible. Yeah, but, then, other than but the rest that, yeah, of it, you're right. Yeah, but but you like you say say six years earlier. The other point about this film is it's not as though they didn't put money behind it. No, no. Do you know no, what I mean? you, if you were watching, you'd think of oh, they obviously didn't have much of a budget here. Yeah. Whereas there actually is a lot of money spent. If you'd have told me they would have made this for twenty five million, uh, like twenty five million all in, which is it turns out it's actually just Arnie's salary. But if you said they made this for 20, 25 million 97, I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so, oh, that explains the costumes and it's, basically the entire set. I can get it. 160 it's the mil they gave to this. So it's the highest grossing film of um, 1997, but it also made roughly 400 million less than they were expecting. Oh my God. So it actually had a, it, it had, depending on where what you believe, it had, Oh, 50 mil plus 50 to 60 mil plus on Terminator oh, in terms of a budget if if you want to carry on with the, the introduction of Poison Ivy I mean everyone obviously yeah, has yeah. everyone obviously has a, a shocker in this film and it is two hours of overacting but I actually I think Uma Thurman might be the worst for it I actually do she is that scene with her killing the doctor is the poster boy for overacting it <laughs> is hideous the doctor trying to kill her, there has to be a more efficient way of doing this than pushing her under a shelf and then just <laughs> assuming the job's done. But then coming back, and, I mean, these plants must be very clever because they've taken her glasses, given her a crop top and a miniskirt. <laughs> and then the doctor is so amazed by how good-looking she is because her glasses have come off. But he ignores the fact she's back from the dead mm-hmm. and in a completely new outfit. Yeah. Not one part of him thinks trying to kill her ten ago. Probably yeah, does, be, does she probably, really want to be kissing me? Yeah, probably be a bit wary. <laughs> like the last time we spoke, I actually tried to murder her, so probably won't let her get too close. For a, man who's, this... for a man who's created a super serum, not that smart. No. I just think for someone who's obviously goes on to be a Great actor. Uma Thurm is just, I don't know, just what? off the rails on this film. Can you explain <laughs> her accent to me, please? I just, I, I, I can't. Know, I, mean, I, I was trying to pinpoint it. I was like, where, what's where, she trying where, to do where, does she, where does she think she's from? Because <laughs> she goes from the south of America to Downton Abbey. But, mate, she goes from the south of America to Downton Abbey, like, in the same <laughs> sentence? <laughs> Yeah, and, and yet they're still unable to pick her out. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very unique voice. So I can't picture. Well, you got to pick it. So she says about how much fun she had on this film. It seems everyone was just told like, do what you want, go wild. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so they say that the last take they would do each time, as I just kind of referenced there, would he would say, this one's for the actors, and it would just be them, basically, this is your chance for any crazy idea you have in your head to let it loose in this take. Oh, fuck it, we'll leave it in, clearly. <laughs> and it yeah. seems he used a lot of those takes in editing. <laughs> I, I have to say, I really, I respect, I respect that like ethos or ideology of directing a film because why not because you like you might get some gold rather than just thinking you're the you're the big i am as the director this is my vision why why not but but also you you have to you you have to have someone there should have been someone somewhere connected to this film that just said no (laughs) it doesn't have to be a hard no just not even maybe not even no just mm. We've got we've got other versions of this. Maybe maybe let's have a look at that one. If like, you if you can get Anchorman down to an hour and a half, and I guarantee there were more mental things off camera that were filmed when doing that, <laughs> then there's no excuse for this. Yeah, there, there, there's there, oh, there's not a lot of redeeming redemption in this film. Well, if there's, we the best performance on. goes to the woman, honestly, who submerged for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nora, Nora Freeze is the best actor in this film by some, by some from, from this we have her being well we've had a kind of interaction with um, George Clooney uh, as uh, Bruce Wayne this is one of the only times where the villain doesn't actually work out who Batman is which mm. is bizarre but we get to this kind of auction that's going on with all of these dressed up women She's somehow manoeuvred herself past security into a bear suit, um, slowly takes that off and uses a dust to reel in every single person in the crowd. The women don't seem to bat an eyelid though at how their husbands are doing, and this bidding war commences. Now, the highest offer from someone in the crowd, Keen, I believe, is 500,000 and then it goes up on the stage and Batman and Robin start going. Robin does not have the facilities for that, by the way. (laughs) Way above his station. (laughs) He's he's winning the auction then he's turning around going, Bruce, do his favourite spots a bit, will you? (laughs) What I was going to say, if we consider that, let's say you're a millionaire, Keaton, are you ever spending 500k on a date? No. Like, who would it have to be for this 500k date? Because these blokes are just chucking it about. Yeah. <laughs> Robin can't get a car. <laughs> <laughs> he can't, can't afford a box of Lastra, but yeah, here we are. 500 grand bid, all right. And he's doing up the motorbike. Like, he doesn't even have a working one of them. <laughs> He is a broke bitch. That's all I'm saying. Well, Mr. Freeze uh, calls him mate, Birdman, doesn't he? Yeah. He says, "Do you want to save the Birdman?" Or yeah, I mean, he's living in his mate's house for a start. Like nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying, he, he really, he really does show himself up. And then and he's, he's a whiny to... little bitch about it throughout. It's like, well, look, yeah. you've got a pretty good setup here. Maybe relax a bit. <laughs> yeah, like two and a half men. I mean, uh, you can see why Scotty Pippen got given the the Robin role because you just you just can sit quiet, son. Stop, stop saying you want to be the main man because you, this is an alright gig you've got. I said on a podcast a few weeks back, um, there's nothing wrong with being the Robin. Someone has to be the Robin. I was watching this thinking, if I'm son, 
in that Spurs dressing room as someone saying, you're the Robin, there's nothing wrong with that. If he puts on Batman and Robin, he's going to be like, what the hell are you talking about here? Is this what people have meant this whole time? He rocks, he rocks, up, to, he rocks up to training with some uh, sellotape on his lips. I, uh, I, you are right. In certain situations, there's, there's nothing wrong with being the Robin, but I, I don't want to be the Chris O'Donnell version of it. Yeah, I mean, how did they sell it? Because he loses in literally every outcome. He he never has a win, really. How Chris did they o, sell Chris it to O'Donnell, him? like, this, this murders him. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he was going to be the next yeah. big thing. Yes. Yeah. No, if you want to talk about big winners and big losers from this film, there is one loser, and it's Chris O'Donnell. Well, this, Alicia this Silverstone... This him for the next decade. George Clooney says that he feels bad with this because he says... It does seem I'm the only one that didn't actually have a negative fallout from this in terms of my career. Yeah, I guess I don't know when the interview was done or yeah. at what point she started uh, kind of glowing up. But yeah, he says, like, I look around me and things probably should have been worse for me than they were for others. Yeah. Who knew, who, who knew being an attractive white male might work out, George? <laughs> yeah, imagine, imagine seeing him saying, I was like, cheers, George, that's great. Yeah. That makes me feel a lot better. Chris O'Donnell was fucking scraping around, <laughs> auditioning for one episode, rolls on TV, and he's like, yeah, uh, poor, poor Chris. I wish, wish we could have done something more for him. Like, <laughs> Sorry, freak. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> if this gets remade now, does anyone other than Amber Heard get considered for Poison Ivy? Uh, she probably doesn't even get considered now. Disney have taken back Johnny Depp. The tides have turned. Throw them in together. Make it an actual <laughs> rivalry. Yeah. I think if Amber Heard goes into one of them board meetings, she she can convince them. Yeah, probably. But I'm just throwing saying. hands on the tables. <laughs> Shitting on that desk. And saying, <laughs> yeah. I mean, our Allegedly. trivia section. Allegedly. Our trivia section gets a lot more lively if that's the if she gets put in it. Still. <laughs> dangerous thing with Amber Heard is you, you know there's millions out there myself included that would probably this. think we take the rough with a smoothie yeah, the, ju- the juice is worth the squeezing <laughs> there's three of them on this podcast mate so there's definitely got to be more we're all there in the auction 700 grand Go on. On the... I remember I was on Twitter before and it was after um, the new uh, Justice League came out and there was a lot of people complaining that uh, Johnny Depp was struggling for work while Amber Heard is 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 still getting big breaks where she's in the new uh, Aquaman coming out um, and so on and so on. And some guy was tweeting saying he doesn't think she should be removed from anything. And all these people were kicking off at him about what a disgrace he was and his equal rights. Uh, male, women can be domestic abusers too. And he was like, I just think she's fit all right. I didn't think it was, think it was going to be this big. <laughs> what a guy. I'm really sorry. She's just quite fit. Leave her be. That's, that's so honesty. Fair yeah. play. I like that. Move on. This is always a slippery slope. <laughs> I'm looking her name and regret you, it Genuinely, you, you, you are about to get caught slipping. You are so close <laughs> to saying something that you can't well, say. I back. usually mention her just, just to say, like, I knew ahead of time. I've been saying this since the inception of the podcast. Like, <laughs> you don't come back when that you've looks, been in that box. Look, it, it, proves, it proves Johnny Depp not a fan. You know what I mean? If he'd have been listening to the boys, he might have stayed clear. <laughs> maybe, it's what, maybe it's why I didn't like Pirates of the Caribbean. I'll be like, still better. Tainted. Look, um, uh, 
so, yeah, you have that five hundred k. This bloke's willing to check about who signed off on Batman pulling a credit card from his utility belt. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's got date of forever for the previous film, and like this is supposed to be like a genuine point of the film. Like I take it with me everywhere. Like he needs to stop off occasionally for <laughs> just get a quick Starbucks. That like, was late night, is that is superhero behavior. People still wrote checks for a credit yeah, card. Oh yeah. god, this guy's big time. He's a big baller. Um <laughs> the other thing is, did he walk into the bank of Gotham and be like, Yeah, I'm Batman Club, but then I can't he gone in full fall out of it. Like, no, just before I stop my bank, just before I stop those couple of murders tonight, do us a favor, you just get us a credit card. Give us a gold well, card. Sorry. He, he can't every- go in there. And what name do I put down in the billing details? <laughs> yeah, what, what address do I send that? What address do I send your statement to? Or does he like? Or is there just sixty people in that bank who just happen to know that Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne is Batman? All the struggles homeless people have, where they can't get a bank account, they can't get a job. Batman, with no legit identity, <laughs> is rocking up with an unlimited credit card that he's not even using responsibly. He's using it to try and get some poison cheeks. <laughs> absolutely mental um, I literally like I've got all these notes that are quite like without the film and I just got down would Keenan ever spend 500k on a date <laughs> I, I was right. going to ask him last week after I watched um, True Romance again and I did message Keenan like would you save me from a pimp like, if we were in that situation he said he would, so uh, that's I would, good yeah. I'd attempt it anyway. I'd probably, go um, I'd probably get taken out early doors, but... You, you've got this weird Narrowly motorbike down. race scene. Yep, makes no sense. Just doesn't make much sense other than maybe if she was going to have more of a role and they were trying to kind of... This was the showpiece of like... The only she's, thing... She's not just ordinary. So I didn't know that they were... I didn't know until you said it that they'd cut a lot yeah. of it. I thought they sort of chucked... Well, they didn't even cut, they just didn't, yeah, they just didn't even film it because... No, okay, but I think I was looking at it last night as I was watching, I was like, well, you, surely they must, there must be news somewhere that they were just teeing her up for a spin-off. Yeah. Because, um, like, it's the only reason it's there. But it's, it's, it's another extension of what they were doing where they were just trying to get too much in it. They're, they're yeah. trying to get in Batgirl, they're trying to get in, like, what, like three different villains with... These blowing-the-dark bad guys who were around Chris. and get kicked out of their own yeah. lair. She, yeah. she she's at the track. She she's supposed to be out of place here. She, she's making side bets before the race, like she's shoot or Roz playing fantasy football. <laughs> I well, don't know what's going on. It, and then it was there's only so many times. How many scenes do we need to get? Okay, she's not this prim and proper girl from Oxbridge. We got it. We got you. Well, they, I mean, to they be make honest, the point of that, don't they? Saying are you the one that won that race last week. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just so it's just so on the nose. I mean, everything is just there's no subtlety at all. We have to sign both absolutely everything. Freeze freezes Robin and actively says, "I'll kill you next time, though." To Batman, so, <laughs> I could kill you now. I'm just going to go, and we know this happens in these films. But I'm going to actually say it. What What were you about to say, Keenan? I I was going to say the actual point is because they give. Like a little bit of exposition and that when he get when she gets into the back coach, she gets to the password, she's like, Oh, I thought you might make your way down here. I've made you a suit. They actually could have just done that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the whole motor the only thing is like, oh, Robin works out that she's not that she isn't everything she's cracked or she isn't everything she seems. 
because he sees her about to start the race and he drives off. That that's it. She like, she she walks in to Wayne Manor in a school uniform, and the first thing that's said is Robin saying, "Please be here for me." Yeah, questions <laughs> need to be asked. She's literally in a shirt and tie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then even but then even Clooney stood behind him with a little glint in his eye. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe there's a chance. Yeah, there's a lot that needs. There's questions that need to be asked, really. <laughs> Batman, ain't, oh, Batman, Batman, ain't doing CR, Bat, Batman's not doing CRB checks. I know that much. <laughs> Ma- Bruce Wayne can ask who he wants, <laughs> and he's Robin, like, <laughs> Robin's on some days. <laughs> Robin's on some <laughs> dirt. I'm telling you, it's, it ain't the one. <laughs> High school first <laughs> Teller, the <laughs> Just brief way you can have anyone he wants. He's either going to bid 500 grand for a woman or he's going to get hired after a schoolgirl. Bruce, you can do what you want. Just so many women you can have. Mate, the worst part is. Elmo Furston on your arm. I'm just saying, the worst part is he bombs her off. He's like, yeah, Joe, not really for me, this one, love. He makes that awful uh, line, doesn't he, when he's explaining the satellite and he says it could be directed anywhere. (laughs) Don't direct it to my bedroom. Oh, oh, and they're all like, Ooh, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what about marriage? And he just has to squirm straight out of this yeah. marriage question. Like, they're going to drop that. Um, <laughs> I keep saying maybe the worst part of the film, but there's just so many. <laughs> Batgirl, when she appears, Robin and Batman are both confused as to who she is to the point where she yeah. has to say, it's me. And she's literally just got her eyes covered. <laughs> yeah. She's got a bit heavy on the eyeshadow. <laughs> the thinking of this was, was again from the uh, toy perspective, and they really wanted to be able to sell to girls as well as uh, boys with the market. And so they needed her at least in one part in the suit with her hair flowing down. Because if you look at the next time when she's on the little side uh, bike, she's got kind of the one of the bat masks on where her hair's in in the suit. But they needed this this scene here where she's completely recognisable but has her blonde hair flowing down just for the marketing reasons. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely right. Explain it. Keenan was right what he said as well, where that scene obviously when they've got her going in the suit. It's clearly going, well, look, lads, we've got to force this into the film. So, George, Chris, you're going to have to do the same. Sorry, guys. Yeah, mate, I'm telling you now, they're chatting all that about her putting on some weight. Fucking, I guarantee you, they were like, yeah, well, at least you do us a favour, love. Just give us a spin. Like, <laughs> you got to think. Big cheeks weren't a thing back then. No, she, she was, you, you could say she inspired Kim K and all them. You Kim could K say and Beyonce changed the game. That's I think there's, he, a good, there's a good chance they've watched this film and think, you know what? This has yeah, changed beauty standards. But back comedians off, made a living. <laughs> comedians made a living for about ten years with "Does my bum look big in this?" jokes. Yep. Yeah, that murdered them, isn't it? Imagine if Robin just has a cut off. Point. Look at that back off. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, look at look at the bundle. Like. <laughs> Sorry, Alfred. <laughs> I forgot when I was watching this that like Alfred's just getting iced. For like half a film. <laughs> yeah. I thought he out. died. I genuinely thought that was it. He just went. But no, no, we're going to bring him back because he happens to have obviously the same disease as his uh, as Doctor Freeze's wife. 
Of course. Supposedly, he, he was one of the few uh, people that Nolan was willing to bring back when he kind of uh, rejuvenated Batman before they went to Michael Caine. And uh, the actor was like, I'm a bit old for this now. <laughs> I've not got it in me. It was a bit old in 97. In 97 yeah. Exactly, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Also, um, yeah. What, what's the bit about his brother? Just randomly, like... Say, so unnecessary, yeah, isn't it? Like, yeah, my, my brother just works for the Maharaj of whatever the Indian town is. I'm not going to try and I'm not going to try and pronounce it. I'll butcher it. So, it's like, yeah, it's a floating court. All right, brilliant. There's just no no need. There's no direction. This isn't going anywhere. Nothing, really... comes, nothing comes before. No. Nothing comes after. I, I was waiting for, right, this is going to be important. I don't remember why. This is going to be important. No. It's so important the only, bit, the only bit is there is so that she can work out the password later on. But they so, could have done that with fucking anything. <laughs> yeah. They they weren't um, sure right up until they finally got down to like the final edit as to whether she was going to be an actual relation of Alfred or whether it was going to be one of them like family friend, but she calls him uncle. Um, okay. Right. And I imagine there was probably more to it with their relationship, but. Instead, they just thought that was a cool sounding line and didn't go much further with it. They didn't go any further with it. Is no, I think it was probably like, they were, were going to try and build shit out of this film. Just cut yeah, yeah. off. I was enjoying the idea that this was some backstory because, like, at the end, obviously, where he goes, We're going to need a bigger cave. Like, they thought, Well, this is obviously going to bang so hard. This film's going to be so great. Yeah. Everyone's going to want more of this. Trust me. Yeah, the next one's going to be up fucking... Uncle Alfred. Yeah, I. <sighs> Oh, I, I, I she, don't know, mate. She is completely like not taken aback by the fact that yeah. her uncle has been the man behind Batman this entire time. Takes it in like, a stride, doesn't she? Yeah. Doesn't doesn't her, her face an island. Looks like Keenan talking about heat. Like <laughs> the, the, it's, it's a grin, like she's fairly happy, but there's not much more to it than oh, this is cool. Yeah, no descends into, de- into the cave. Also, seems pretty like the fact that she just is in Batman's house as well. Not just it's just her, her uncle. Like, there's no like nothing that the fact that this is Batman. I can't imagine how long no. you've got to be in Gotham for before someone mentions Batman. It so, probably says a lot about Robin as well because I mean he doesn't come out and say who's who. She instinctively says Bruce, it's me. She knows right away like. Dick Grayson, he's not going to be Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks like a sidekick. Yeah, but... yeah the, the, the whole the whole thing is uh, is peculiar. How does uh, Alfred have their measurements, by the way? Weird. Well, you said there might be something more to their relationship. <laughs> <laughs> the big, big man's still baffled. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to him. You're not fat at all. Don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> See what Robin meant about that back up. <laughs> it's it's strange. I mean, I know she's kind of supposed to be at one with the plant. So I don't know where this relationship changes because her bed slash sofa slash whatever is like the inside of like a Venus flytrap or whatever. That's mm. where she coaxes Robin over to. Uh, it looks like. Uh, I don't know how long you watched WWE when you were younger. It looks like when they lit up um, a bed in the middle of the ring for Edge and Lita. Mm. Um, that's what this plant looks like. And then just one thing changes, and the plant's just willing to like gobble her up. 
So I don't know where that trust was broken. <laughs> no loyalty with those plants. The plants are out, out for the win. They uh, want that W. <laughs> you have a couple of times in the film, uh, you have it with the commissioner at the start when he's talking about Mr. Freeze and when Poison Ivy says, as I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug, it's the one-woman show. Like, there's reality TV cameras on there all the time. I think we spoke about this with Star Wars, maybe, because they just have this perfect shot which they can broadcast onto their little watch. Like Commissioner Gordon sat there in front of his webcam recording for Batman. <laughs> he ain't fucking moving a lot, is he? So in Blu-ray quality. Yeah. <laughs> their technology is gashed call. the whole film, but they're able to basically film like an iPhone. Give him a little phone call. That'd be sound. Um, I mean, all of all of the the characters getting taken out is so anticlimactic. There's no real climax to any of this. Yeah, she waltzes in for two minutes and wipes out Poison <laughs> yeah. Ivy. Yeah. She actually has a better fight scene than Batman or Robin in terms yeah. of like yeah, combat. Absolutely. Yeah, I like we said. I said at the start. I don't think she. She's probably the best of the bunch in this. I think she does her job in this, doesn't she? The, yeah. The audio, the 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 lines are bad for her. I mean, come on, mate. Is there anyone who? Do you know I mean, you went there baffled. Even Alfred, all he's got to do is serve the tea. And so, <laughs> do you know I mean, he still managed to sound fucking awful. Yeah, but she has she has those weird lines about um, women doing this and that. That's, that's yeah, the old weird... news. The, yeah, the weird, um, the weird, the, the sort of sort of anti-feminism thing about the sort of women be who you want that that yeah. just comes out of nowhere. I mean, that's very much this sort of period, like that sort of girl power thing. But it's not really because she's no, just she, crammed herself into a suit for us all, it's <laughs> not even, quite a seedy way, and she's like, "I can't she believe says, you." <laughs> she's Batgirl, and Batman says, "That's not awfully PC. What about Batperson or Batwoman?" He was He's ahead of Batman. His time. He was he was ahead of his time, all right. It's oh, Bruce, it's me, Barbara. I found the back Oh my god! Just and there's if I'm Batman. I'm living. She's just ripped off my outfit. <laughs> there's, I mean, I'm, there's just so I'm, many holes. I mean, to be honest, not... mate, I, I'm more angry that I've spent X amount of years protecting this. This bird's been in my house for a week, and she knows now knows the big deep dark secret. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, and but again, he gives this little reaction to her finding out, and yeah. she finds out about him. Everyone's yeah. just absolutely fine with this huge secret that yeah. can't get out has just been blown. And that's right. Oh, okay, cool. Which got okay, a new, well, new, you know, new member, new member of the gang. <laughs> you, you've got some. I think the most cringe dialogue is um, the Robin lines to Batman, essentially saying, "You couldn't stand it that she preferred me to you." And you just wanted it for yourself, didn't you? Which there's far too many conversations like that. Their entire interaction is that. That is basically their relationship. One one of the lines I took down was uh, Poison Ivy uh, as she pulls the plug on the wife. I've never been good with competition. Who needs a frigid wife anyway? Oh, sorry hands up that did make me chuckle <laughs> sorry I forgot about that that did make me chuckle very much a divorce proceedings thing What's, yeah. on what grounds on what's a frigid wife you've got you've got Bruce to go. talking like Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith when he says she clouded your mind and you're not thinking straight because <laughs> the other thing though I feel like that whole thing with them, their sort of back and forth and their beef with each other, Batman and Robin, 
is supposed to be kind of the centre of the film, and the villains are kind of just a side piece. But yeah. the villains are all obviously terrible, <laughs> and their relationship is just... You're just, <laughs> oh, well, you just piss off, Robin. Just <laughs> no one cares. Honestly, when he says, I'm going solo... That's what he says, I want a Robin signal. That's that killed me. That genuinely killed me. That was that was the Yaya Torre birthday cake. What are you talking about? You want your signal? Get out of here. And then they put it on just to just to cater to it. Oh, also, if, um, you're in a spot of bother. Yeah, what sort of emergency calls for Robin and not Batman? Like genuinely, he's, think like, about he's it. like the handyman to your engineer. Like, is this a Batman yeah. job or a Robin job? Robin <laughs> cuts out trees. <laughs> Honestly, imagine you're in you're a bang in trouble and you see the Robin signal go up. You're just like, for fuck's sake, man. Yeah. <laughs> you get on the phone. I wanted Batman, yeah. but this is serious. <laughs> Honestly, right, how, how, how much worse can you get? Blokes like Robin, you in the street, you know, he's active shooter or whatever it is. You see Robin go up, you just go, fuck it, <laughs> fuck it, mate, finish me now. <laughs> <laughs> do me in like like what a way to make a bad thing worse that fucking that little neek just coming to try and save you with all the puns in the film Robin's saying to Poison Ivy uh, I need a sign that you've turned over a new leaf oh. oh and she says how about slippery when wet and winks at him yeah, yeah that was and he says a sign of trust on the oh, fuck's sake and that's when shortly helped I hate to disappoint you, but my rubber lips are immune to your charms. <laughs> I could have oddly seen you doing that on a night out back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Keenan, can you deliver us a Mr. Freeze line? How about uh, you're not sending me to the cooler? I don't think I can, you know. It's um, not easy to do that. It's not Arnie's quite Arnie's quite hard. Many people try and they think they can do it, and it's just really not. It's not mm. that easy. Um, the worst no. are um, bad Trump impressions. Yeah, I've yeah. never really given yeah. it a go. I can do the hands, the little <laughs> dinosaur, little T-Rex. Alex hands. Baldwin has rejuvenated his career with an awful Trump impression. That doesn't yeah, make that, any sense. It's just purely in the face that he just squints for a bit, and people seem to like it. I'm trying Have to you think, seen that he's uh, commentating the Evander Holyfield fight on Saturday? Trump. Insane. <laughs> on 9-11. What could go wrong? Evander Holyfield's fighting. He's, he's fighting a retired he's... MMA fighter on just about every bit of juice you could because... possibly find. And he's only doing it because Oscar De La Hoya was supposed to <laughs> got COVID, or did he? Well, couldn't make it up. Uh, 58 years old. He might die. Holyfield. Yeah, that's. Uh, they keep posting possible. clips of him on the pads, and it's like we don't need to see this. I saw him. Jim Lampley earlier said, uh, "You know what? I, I don't. I won't commentate on this one." It was a bit <laughs> much for him. The only one, the one who like I know people still say it now, but the one who I do actually think looks decent for his age, like he's a completely own boy because he shouldn't go anywhere near a ring. That sort. But if you watch Tyson, still still bangs. I know the last thing scores your punch, but but Iron Mike can still bank. Oh, me and TK stayed up for his exhibition. Probably the less of them, the better. No, I didn't watch. Didn't watch. I don't think he should ever go near a ring. But I, I, against the against the bank, he still moves well. Strangely, is... I felt more dirty watching this film than watching that. Than watching <laughs> two old men punch you. I don't know if you uh, just in to go heavyweight. Something. Something I should have texted you really. I don't know if you saw MTK tweet yesterday. TK, who would win, Lennox Lewis or Dylan White? Oh God! Oh God! I think it was after he'd been arguing with Tyson. They were like, "Right, how can we do him even dirtier?" 
I just what? <laughs> I've just looked at my nose and just seen again. We've got eleven minutes before at the city. <laughs> I mean that, yeah. So then they have to four out of city by maneuvering this satellite, which they just happen to know how yeah. to work. Incredible. She just jumps in. Yeah, I got this. A dog in uh, in, in midair getting frozen as he's uh, having a piss. Uh, Mr. Freeze freezing one of his henchmen, saying, "I hate when people talk during the movie." Uh. Where you've got a weird cameo from uh, Vivica Fox before that. Yeah. In Freeze Gear on yeah. set with uh, Uma Thurman years before they'd make Kill Bill. And she would get odds than that. Great point. Shit pun. I always say odds anyway, and I wasn't even intended as a pun. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, any more quotes anyone wants to <laughs> dole out before uh, we uh, close the show? I think we've probably covered them within your uh, yeah, you've done, you've your done excitement well, about though. the freeze. Um, gonna will go back and highlight. Still, I don't think I said it. Said it. Said it a lot earlier. Um, Chris O'Donnell again. What happened? Shame. Um, Bane. I think they absolutely fucking sell down the river. It does turn out now because the geezer is on on his last legs, and also he was quite clearly not a good actor. Him trying to mumble, stumble over one word, when he says "honey," and it. Honestly, it's like he's chewing on honey. Um, <laughs> well, I said to you before we started recording, didn't I? I wasn't actually on the air. Like they had another guy in line yeah. to do this, and they literally cast um, this guy because he had the largest biceps on record. And so Schumacher was just like, "That's my guy." Yeah, I mean, mm. and obviously, doesn't uh, go to plan. There's some interesting pictures of him being put in the makeup, which is. Uh, very bizarre looking. Um, yeah, I imagine that wasn't easy. If if I just go through um, what we had as the points to consider for the last bracket, because some of them are interesting. So uh, Arnie is obviously the first build name on the poster. Who do you think is the real star of this film? Alicia Silverstone. She's the real star. No, I think it's probably it's probably it's probably somehow Uma Thurman because I just don't I, agree. Think, I don't think she does that badly out of it. Well, they, if at the time, I mean, George Clooney wasn't a big thing. He was still um, uh, filming ER. He was a TV star. I mean, done Dust Till Dawn and stuff. I think he was still pretty big. They they brag about the fact they got him because he was cheap, basically. Um, obviously, nobody goes on to like become at this point, is he? No. Um, and they say no, definitely um, not. But I don't know about well, not a star. I think a, not a star, star compared to like he's, he's starring alongside Arnie. Like he, he's this gassed to be in the film. He returns to the set of ER in his Batman outfit because he wants to show off. Like he's Billy Madison returning to the school. <laughs> like, he, he George Clooney wasn't wasn't put in know, the seats uh, at this stage. Did you know George Clooney's in the South Park movie? Yeah, we did. We did this, didn't? What did we? Maybe we were talking about someone else. Oh. You ever seen Three Kings? No, no. Good film. Watch it. Really good. It's him, Ice Cube, and I want to say Mark Wahlberg, but I might be wrong. Uh, let me have a look. No, it is yeah, Mike, Mike Wahlberg and uh, Mark Wahlberg and Ice Cube. It's about, uh, the first goal for. It's really good. Who, who do you think's the real star? TK, Arnie, Uma Thurman. 
I've I've really I really don't know. Oh, I'll give it to Arnie still because just a freeze. Just I mean, there's no winners here. Um, Keenan, if you could recast one role in this film, how can you limit it to one? <laughs> who would it be? Who do I hate the most? <laughs> I, I feel you've got some venom in you for uh, Chris O'Donnell. I do, I do. <laughs> but it's like Arnie. I, Arnie, he... I hate. No, no, Arnie. I hate what they do to the character as much as I hate Arnie's performance because he's given that shit, those shit lines to work with. You could give that to Daniel Day Lewis, and he's still gonna. You still look up for him. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's got nothing there to work with. Um, but he does. He doesn't help himself. I was speaking to Troy about uh, Daniel Day-Lewis yesterday. We were saying, like, this is a bad way to start the thing. Not that he's not a good actor. Um, do you know, I think with, with, with his name, he has that stature that you don't even really question it when you just hear people just refer to him as the goat. I take Denzel over Daniel Day-Lewis for the record. Well, there's guys I take over him, but you know what I mean? Like People say his yeah. name, and it's like held in such reverence that you don't even question it. Like, you just, uh, yeah. I think people do it now because so many other people have done it. Yeah, that's, that's that makes sense. the case. If you're, talking yeah, about it, sure. if you're talking about it, people are oh, actors, you really love great actors. People just got Daniel Day-Lewis, and like you say, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Everyone's nods their head in agreement. I think he's brilliant. I do, but I like, I, I'm like you. There are people I definitely take above him. Keenan, um, not Keenan, Troy compared him to Lauren Hill when uh, making his comparison to me if uh, you ever thought you'd hear those names together. I did not. He said she's considered lots, uh, some sort of goat but only has one solo album, sometimes less is more. <laughs> that is valid. Yeah, um, I think the whole him being so selective about it and the mystique of how he gets in a film and stuff probably does him a lot of favours, to be honest. I think this is probably a good way to tell. Keenan, if um, I put you in the director's chair now mm. um, and your main, your sole objective is you can't lose money in terms of how it's received and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If I offer you Hayden Christensen to replace Chris O'Donnell, no. do you take it or pass? Absolutely fucking not. There's enough bad. There's enough bad acting in this film without actually putting in so you any think bad, he, he a bad lowers, actor. You think he lowers the level? There's some bad acting in this film. He is actually a bad actor. There is a difference. <laughs> there's some people not on their A game. He doesn't. He doesn't. His A game's just that shit. His yeah, best, because his best the, actually just isn't good enough. The pieces in this, they 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 should all they should all work. They have all yeah. got good acting ability in them. But it just doesn't. Yeah, whereas, yeah that's. I mean, in terms of re- in terms of recasting, I don't. I was genuine. I'm still trying to work out. I think Arnie stays. Uma, Uma Thurman might get the chop. I bet she would. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well played. Um, <laughs> I've just seen a guy on dart, uh, the darts on TV that looks so much like me. It legitimately spun me for a second. He's skinnier than me. It's so strange. He's just staring straight down the camera. He's even got my. Uh, on it currently uh, that's shaved at home but not there anywhere else maybe they're watching the dark watching this who, who would you recast TK if you were trying to improve the film I, I mean I guess the obvious one is Clooney just didn't work as Batman so if you can get a decent Batman in you can kind of figure out the rest can't you 
maybe well, maybe maybe TK's right. Maybe, well, I offered maybe. T. I offered Keane and Hayden Christensen for uh, Robin. TK, I offer you Christian Slater for Batman. Is it a better or worse film, aka uh, Travis in uh, True Romance? Yeah, uh, I feel kind of disloyal for uh, not going with Christian Slater. I don't think he's. I don't know if he's got Batman in him. As much as I do love him in True Romance, I'm not sure. <laughs> and as, as much as clearly yeah, hasn't done a good job here, I don't know that he does a better one. I think Christian Slater. Christian Slater, I think, has got this version of Batman in him. I think this is the only yeah. one. He, this is the only one he can play in this type of film where it's supposed to be a bit. It's just fucking goofy. It's not a word I can think of. It's fucking nonsensical. Like. I, think I thought you were going to ask me if Hugh McGregor should be in it, but... <laughs> no, I've got, no, I'll ask you this question, though. If you had to add either Harrison Ford or Paul Rudd to the film, which would it be? Get Paul Rudd in as Robin. I wouldn't, <laughs> do, I wouldn't do it to Paul Rudd. He's better. Than that. <laughs> but there might be one small shining light in this. In the, so, like, you know, a relegation, relegated team where someone gets 10 goals, and you're like, okay, at least he did that bit. At least he was decent. Keep it, keep it, keep it as well. I'm pretty sure Paul Rudd was in Clueless, wasn't he? He was, yeah. So there you go. Little link. Yeah, there you go. And Keenan, I'll ask you the question that all of the actors were asked. Which piece of memorabilia would you take with you from the movie? The big fuck-off diamond that they're playing with at the start. It's the only good thing in this film. Uh, Mr. Freezer's gun? No. TK, I assume you're taking Robin's cellophane lips. <laughs> you get one of them plants to jazz up your flat. I'd get uh, I'd get Robin's uh, well bat signal. Is he? What would you call it? And I'd just shine that out over the city of Gloucester. <laughs> Anyone seeing any crime going? I was like, Robin will save you. I need one of them signals for um, on McDonald's. Just beam one in the air, and they just know I need like a fillet of fish. <laughs> Still speaks to me that that's your order, by the way. Well, it's it's more an addition than uh, to go to like my main. I very rarely will just get a fillet of fish. Oh, okay, it's just what what it's alongside. Um, and then finally, uh, the one we did last time was about making a spin-off TV series in the world of the film. But I don't think anyone needs that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> although, if you were going to make a spin-off. And it was going to be following uh, Batgirl or Robin slash Nightwing. Which one do you make? Say that again, sorry, mate. So say you had to make a spin-off TV series. The character from this film, so you're not twisting it to kind of be your own interpretation of the character. And okay. it's going to be either Batgirl or Robin slash Nightwing. Uh, which would you make? I'll probably say Batgirl. I'd say Batgirl, mate, to be honest. Yes, definitely. I'm surprised that hasn't been you and Chris more. O'Donnell had something there, Keenan, after earlier. Again, I think Alicia Silverstone's one of the only people who does okay in this film. Agreed. It's like you're saying, Chris, like, look, there's only so much I can do for you. <laughs> this, 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 just, this just isn't for you. <laughs> At some point, mate, you've got to help yourself. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm willing, to, I'm willing to help you, but you need to be able to help yourself. I can only, I can only carry you so far. Put the Robin costume away. Forget about it. He went on to be an yeah. NCIS Los Angeles, for those who care. I think that just about does. I mean, I truly, I truly believe this. 
I actually think people are going to go back and watch the film on account of listening to this podcast. Because I think they're going to want to see with their own eyes how bad it is. What we've just discussed. I mean, that's an hour and 57 minutes we've, we've, we've done so far on one film. I mean, there's a lot to take in. Like, I've seen some of the things people write, uh, like they forgot one of the things, well, their dissertation on for uni. You could write 50,000 words on this. There's so much to take apart. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, but, oh, we could do another podcast. Honestly, it's that bad. Um, and w- while we're on the air, um, TK, um, I'll just warn you now, Keenan's got some goons outside your door if you don't sign on for season four of the uh, movie Madness here <laughs> I and I felt now. like I was being watched. You say the word, Keenan. We've uh, kicked we, the door down. We've been having conversations, TK. We've been talking. <laughs> they've got eyes on you in week one is next Thursday Joker versus the Wolf of Wall Street good week to that's, kick off on. that's ahead of us so, uh, yeah season four Keen has not seen Joker yet either so we'll oh, have wow. his uh, first in, first uh, thoughts on that and I'll follow one actually from uh, doing Batman this week couldn't have planned it any better if I tried I do try you do try, yeah, you're right. I do. If this is one of my uh, few of things better. I've got going for me, I'm a try. One of, you, one of your better qualities. Exactly. Um, so there we have it. Thank you for listening, whether you started a Movie Madness episode one that we did, I think, what was it? Uh, pretty much about two weeks into the first lockdown. Uh-huh. Me and Keenan started linking up again. It was strange we didn't speak so much before. Maybe the pandemic was the best thing that could happen to us, Keenan. Started playing clubs. Yeah. Started chatting on there. I mentioned the idea that uh, me, uh, Sean and TK had uh, thought about. Kicked it into action. And uh, Thursday nights haven't been the same since. Haven't been the same since. Rekindled a friendship, would you say? Yeah, I would. Um, I would. We've only seen each other in person once since then, which is quite alarming. But uh, yeah. Still, uh, speaking you're nice you're days, so. the closest thing I've had that I've ever had to a pen pal. So, take that. Oh, Batman and Robin saved our marriage. It's the it's the headline. <laughs> <laughs> there, there would have been a time when I would love you to call the out. episode that. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that wouldn't stand out on Jerry Springer back in the day. That would have been quite. You'd turn that on. You'd go, oh, for God's sake. Oh, we've got a Monday episode. than this. <laughs> Yeah, but there we go. We'll we'll continue our negotiations uh, off air. But next Thursday, well, next Friday, the episode will be released. Wolf of Wall Street versus Joker. Will Sean be there? Who knows? Talking to Jokers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, that was easy. Apologies. Apologies. Shoot. On that note, adios.